back to the Book Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Gruchowski, CEO and founder of Five and Fly. And today, we have another awesome guest. Today's guest is Kathy Borkowski. Kathy Borkowski is a United States Naval Academy grad. She graduated in 2004. But don't let the timeline scare you away from this episode. Kathy brings a wealth of knowledge to the transitioning front for those of you who are thinking about transitioning in the military. Her stories includes all sorts of endeavors that she went on, whether it's being a stunt double or working at Facebook or working at multiple startups to now leading the way at CrossFit LLC as the senior product manager. Kathy provides us with all things in regard to networking and really how to make sure that whenever you're in a job, if you get fired, you can get hired in one month after leaving that job. We cover a lot in this episode to include what to put in your go bag, how to conduct yourself, tips like having two networking meetings a month to really what help you make successful. Ultimately, at the end of the day, really what drove Kathy is the excitement, next steps, and always being where your feet are, mastering your craft, getting ready for the next position that you can take on. This is a great episode. Hope you enjoy it. Tune in, stay tuned, and remember, it'll buy. to the It'll Buff Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Grachowski, CEO and founder of Five and Fly LLC. What if I told you there's no set path on separating from the Army? If you are an active duty Army officer seeking to separate from the Army in the next 18 to 12 months, here's the deal, stay tuned. The fact of the matter is, people out there are gonna tell you that there's a set path to go on, whether that's pursuing an MBA or pursuing a certain internship path, there isn't. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. You can write your own path. You just need to be able to filter through the noise. This podcast is gonna provide you with interviews, one-on-ones, and personal experiences that help you create an azimuth to guide you on the path of separating from the Army. This isn't gonna have all the answers, but it's gonna help point you in the right direction. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for tuning in. It'll buff. All right, welcome back to this episode. Today we have a very exciting guest, and I know I often say that about our guests, but I am personally excited to meet and talk with and share a conversation with each one of these guests. Today we have with us Kathy Borkowski, and she is a United States Naval Academy grad, so we're switching things up. I think you're the first one on the podcast, so this this should make for a great conversation. Um, I met and talked to Kathy a little bit before this podcast episode, Guys, stay tuned in. She has an amazing story of really where it all started at USNA to where she is today. I'm excited to be able to share this with you. But without further ado, Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I am very disappointed to hear that I'm your first Naval Academy graduate, but I will uh, endeavor to uphold the great name. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes, I. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, there there was a certain game that took place on a certain date a couple weeks ago, and you know. It, it there there is evidence out there. They say on the news station, you know, look after this game, they like each other, and this is evidence that yes, we do in fact still like each other, right? We're brothers and sisters in arms at the end of the day, and uh, this this is really exciting. I love to just mix it up, get all different you know walks of life coming into the podcast and just share these stories. And I'm excited because 
I've had a lot of army guests on here and, you know, the army diving into the skill bridge front and, and then we'll get to share your story, but the army, they have a dedicated, what they call the CSP or the skills career skills program where the army actually vets these programs to make sure, Hey, are our service members going to get a job or are they going to have a really good shot to getting a job by going through this program? And I know the Navy's not there uh, quite yet. Um, and the Marine Corps is on its way, uh, you know, as your, as your little brother, little sister uh, unit out there. Um, but w- without further ado, Kathy, let's just, let's dive right in, you know, really take us as far back as you need to, if it's, you know, the origin story of, of why go, why go to the United States Naval Academy um, to what, you know, what did that all look like? And, you know, really talking about where you are today, landing that plane, and then we'll just, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, so actually what I'm going to, I'm going to start with where I am today, because you're going to be like, how did you connect those dots? Because it's a weird, it. crazy journey. And I think I am evidence that you can follow your passions, follow your interests, and you can genuinely make a career out of it without constantly taking a step down. I've heard a lot of mm. people that are like, oh, I'm going to take a step down to go over and then back up. And I'm like, don't, don't do that. You don't need to like the skills that you develop in all these places. Like they're, they're valuable. It's purely a uh, language is a translation challenge. Um, so me today, I've gone deep into product software apps and um, websites and things like that. Uh, currently I'm for, I'm with CrossFit, but I've been at Facebook. I've been at like two other startups along the way. And the, Biggest thing I found on the tech side of the house is that they need a diversity of skills. Mm. And the who brings a, a really fascinating diversity of skills is military folks. Mm. Um, so I'll let, now let's talk about my diversity of skills. So I Love went it. to the academy. I played rugby for years, loved it. I always say, you know, like I might have learned more leadership on the rugby pitch than I did actually at the academy because you're you're forced into like immediate like action and decision making and you have to like be able to work with a team of 14 other people at the same time, which is, is not easy at an academy where, you know, it's like everybody's a leader. You're like, no, that's it's like, it's, it's peer leadership with a bunch of, you know, alpha dogs out there. You know, it's like you have, you have peer leadership at the academy and then you got to go play rugby, this like brutal sport where it's like only the baddest of the bads play it. Right. Cause you know, I played football. We had equipment on to protect ourselves, no equipment in rugby world. Uh, and then, so then you got to go be a peer leadership, you know, peer leadership amongst that crew. So yes, I, 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 yes, I can only imagine. It was amazing. So after the Academy, I went EOD, which in the Navy first, we, we are divers and bomb technicians together. So there's a ton of different training and like really cool things that we do. Um, as the, as an officer in that program, we end up also doing a lot of the like logistics and admin and all that type of stuff on top of it. And so I had a really broad set of skills. Funny enough, uh, as I got out of the Navy, because at at around the eight year mark and looking for jobs, there's not a lot that lists specifically like explosives. (laughs) Um, So that wasn't like super useful to me. Um, My other challenge is I got out of the Navy right during the Great Recession, like got out and then boom, no jobs, no hiring, nothing. for six months was like dumping my resume into places and just, I didn't even know who to talk to. I had no idea where to start. There were not skill bridge programs. There was not any of that when I was there. Um, so funny story. I was like, well, what am I going to do with my life? And I was visiting a friend at some college and I picked up a book where you take a quiz and it tells you 
at the end what you'll be good at. And it was like sales, marketing, stunt double. And I was like, excuse <laughs> me? Like that's a viable option. Um, and so within two months of that, and still knowing no, I knew one guy who had a friend of a friend who was in Hollywood called that person, talked to them. I was like, I have to do that. Um, drove across the country at the time I was living on the East coast, drove all the way across the LA hit one training course on the way and just did it. Right. Wow. But the skill that I learned in being a stunt double was not falling down. Right. Like that part's easy. Anybody can fall down, <laughs> but it's that. And this is, this applies to every business thing I've ever done afterwards. And that is you have to talk to people and you have mm. to talk to people until you're talking to the right people. I talked a lot of the wrong people. Um, the other thing is show up where they are and just be useful. So I would mm. show up at training gyms and things like that and just hold pads because you can't train by yourself. And it's similar to business. You can't do business by yourself. If you're there, if you're ideating, if you're doing things with people, if you're expanding the network, that is power. So, of course, I forgot all of those skills immediately <laughs> when I was like, now I'm ready to go to San Diego and figure this out. The one thing I did take is someone was like, did you know LinkedIn has humans on it? I was like, that sounds great. Um, so I just started reaching out on LinkedIn to a bunch of especially academy grads to see like what what jobs are out there? What do I want to do? Ran into a prior Navy SEAL who was 10 years before me at the academy and he was like, we were very similar in backgrounds. He understood what EOD was and like all mm. the other stuff that goes into it. And so, of course, two people that understand a lot about explosives, we built a company that writes proposals for government contracts. It's logical. It's really just really high stress environments um, where you have to like create order. Right. Yeah. Um, so we did that for six years. I learned how to build a company. I learned like more sort of harder skills, I would guess you could call it in business. But ultimately, I did a lot of sales too. And all those mm. skills I learned in stunt doubling, where it's who are you talking to? Are you interesting to hang out with? Like, are you following up with people? Like those come back over and over and over again. Fast forward a couple of years, we moved up to the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, and I ended up living about a mile behind the Facebook campus. And then I visited Facebook. The snacks are amazing. The campus is gorgeous. <laughs> and I'd always wanted to do like tech, quote unquote tech. Like I didn't know who did Ooh. tech or what it was. I went to their job board and I was like, is this written in Greek? Because people are like, well, just apply <laughs> for a job. And I'm like, I don't even know what this is. What is tech ops? What is a product manager? I had zero clue whatsoever. Um, and so this was the beginning of me figuring out that there's three things you always have to do when you're breaking into a new industry. So if you're pivoting, if you're going to sell to a new type of client you never sold to, if you're going to build a product for someone else, I do these three things all the time now. So the first one is I get a book. I just find some, or like I read the website, like some sort of thing that tells mm -hmm. you written from the perspective of the industry I want to attack with the words that they use. Um, because I can't even speak their language. I can't, I don't even know these things. Um, the second thing I do is then just talk to people to be like, hey, is my language correct? Like, what am I doing? And the mm. veteran network, exceptional for that. And then only finally do I really dive into like hardcore networking to get into that industry. Um, and what it, so I did this at Facebook. I ended up talking to like 20 people over the course of six months who were working there. And I just reached out to them on LinkedIn. I said, hey, can I do a quick informational chat? 15 minutes. They explained to me what in the heck they did there and like, mm. what is the role title that they have and what should I be applying for? And then I would tell them about my background 
And they would be like, oh, you would be a good fit for roles like this. Oh, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. As I was having these conversations, I was getting better and better at telling my very unrelated stories, but in a very relevant way. Um, for example, when I was deployed to the Philippines, um, we were doing all sorts of like training and bomb tech stuff, but there was this like horrible natural disaster where there was a typhoon, a mm. gigantic um, ferry capsized. It was like a huge tragedy, but they needed a dive team to come in and help the, the other teams there. Well, we had eight people, four different locations scattered across the entire Philippines that I had to like manage and wrangle and get into position at just exactly the right time with, oh, by the way, like two full Connex boxes of equipment. Um, yeah. It was insane logistically, but that is the story that I could tell mm. so that when through my networking that I did with all these different folks at Facebook, um, I ended up just kind of jungle gymming my way to someone Oh, he was like a retired admiral at Facebook. Facebook had some baller people, by the way. Um, he was like, oh, my gosh, like you have a really like really cool background. I have I know someone who's hiring in the data center world. I didn't know what a data center was. <laughs> Couldn't tell you what a server was. Um, but this was a West Point grad who was hiring just for someone who could jump in, figure hard things out and start execution for it. Mm. And so like the logistics story just became very relevant, became very um, easy to tell in the context of like what he was looking for. But I could not have done that if I had not talked to the other 20 people that I'd already spoken to. Mm. So anytime someone's like, wow, you're so lucky to have like networked your way into that. You're like, no, that is hard work. You have to learn how to speak. You have to learn how you're, re you have to learn how you're relevant. Um, it's hard, hard work. So then Fast forward a couple of years, my network, my network really like, I just stayed in touch with entrepreneurs and stuff like this, ended up getting pulled into a startup to go from Facebook where, and also, oh, at Facebook, I had to network my face off to go from the data center into a more sort of tech centric role that I wanted. Um, and I did the same exact thing inside of Facebook that I did outside of Facebook. I reached out to people I didn't know in roles that I was interested in. And so it's, Rinse and repeat, it works everywhere. But by consistently doing that, even as I had a great job that I loved, I ended up getting reached out to by a startup. I got to go directly into product as head of product for that startup. Got to pull in all of my advertising background because I was at the advertising help center. Um, just, I could not have gotten to my next role without having networked my way into like some of the other ones. Um, and then, when I was ready for my next thing after that, the same thing, I, like, I sat there and I was like, how am I going to get something new and different? Because I would forget that it's always networking. It's always yeah. talking to people because I do not have a background that if I throw my resume into the soup of everybody else's background, they're like, obviously, this is a fit. I cannot mm -hmm. get past the gatekeeper. I cannot get past the, the AI screeners that they have these days, right? Um, so mm -hmm. I need to talk to people. And so that's become my superpower. I talk to people um, until I jungle gym my way into exactly what I'm trying to get to. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. There's so much knowledge in that short story that as I often, I've, I repeat myself over and over again, but such a recurring theme across no matter who you are 
at the end of the day. And I, I, I just love this example because just from starting from the very beginning, it's this, let me talk to people. Let me talk to people. And I, I think the, as amazing as this, this is, the unfortunate side of the fence, and that's one thing that we're trying to do at Five of Fly, is there isn't the education there for large organizations of exactly what the warfighter brings to the table. I think, unfortunately, what's, when somebody looks at a resume and says, EOD, explosive ordinance, like, what does this person have to offer to an organization? You know, they just dealt with explosives and it's like, no, no, no. That was like, like I always have to remind people, especially as an officer, that was maybe 10% of the job. The other 90% is like learning and taking on hard challenges and planning, you know, for crazy events that would cause a normal person to have their, you know, head explode and and spin. And so I, I just, I just love this story. This is just another great example of the, the power of, of networking and really the power of strategic networking, right? Because you can network and do it completely wrong. And I'm sure we will get to that. But like, let's, I, I want to go all the way back. So EOD, what was the, you know, obviously knowing the potential looming future that was going to follow of eventually I'm a, potentially going to become a civilian in the workforce, you know, in, in, in the civilian workforce. So why, why go, why go the OD route? I would love to say that I look forward and say, <laughs> I wonder what's on the other side of this. Um, <laughs> have never done that. Uh, <laughs> EOD was in the Navy. You're typically, you know, sir, you're, you're driving a ship, you're flying a plane or you're a Marine. Um, hmm. Those were okay. I have bad eyes. I wasn't going to be a pilot back then. Um, I would have had to, like, they weren't even allowing LASIK folks. And like, that's what I wanted to do at first. Long story short, uh, it looked awesome. Um, again, I like, I played rugby. Like, I mean, I love to do hard things where like you kind of get the crap beat out of you. I'm like, that sounds fabulous. Um, also EOD, like, you go to dive school right off the bat. And they're like, we're going to need you to work out all the time. And I'm like, I am Done. down for Done. that. <laughs> like, the cult, like that's part of the culture. Like we talk about like, when you're looking at a company, are you a culture fit? Mm. Um, I had no idea what culture meant, but now I can look backwards and tell you that any environment where like prioritizing your fitness and health was really, really important to me. And that's exactly what the diving and EOD communities did. So it was a really good culture fit for young little Kathy, who's coming out of the academy, going, "What am I supposed to do with my life now?" Oh, I love it. I, you know, I think what's interesting is that is for the powers that be. Uh, I also wanted to go into explosives on the army side. I wanted to go be a combat engineer. I wanted to go to sapper school. I wanted to learn how to blow up obstacles and you know shoot miklicks and all those cool things, right? And, and I. I grew, I was born and raised in Sarasota, Florida, right? So born and raised on the number one beach in the nation for lived there, you know, uh, just it, for me, when I growing up, it was like a, a beach town, you know, nobody really knew about it. Now it's this crazy, I call it like little Miami uh, is like the best way to describe it. Anyways, loved being in the water. And I also was like, oh, you can go to, you can go to Sapper school. And then like, well, maybe I will just take this to the spec ops and, you know, go to combat dive school and, and do that. And that was the direction that I I wanted to go. I even went so far as to try and be a mechanical engineer 
while playing football at West Point, 10 out of 10 do not recommend to the next guy trying to do that. Uh, that was a miserable lifestyle. Uh, no, I'm just I really enjoyed it. But all that being said, I was like, well, I'm pursuing an engineering degree. Like, you know, I'm 605 in the class. I, I, I'm a shoe in. Comes branch night, I get field artillery. I was like, well, this is less than ideal. Not what I wanted. Uh, but I say all of that to say that, you know, you have this opportunity to pick an experience and enjoy your career. And I, and what's interesting in hearing you talk about, you know, you starting to where you are today and talk about th- this origin story of taking on the OD world and that, hey, this looked awesome and I'm going to go at it full, full head of steam and I'm going to try and go master this thing. And then whatever is at the other side of it is at the other side of it and we'll cross that bridge when they get there. And, and, and I just love that. I think all too often we, I think as academy grads and really as officers or even just as, as service members, we get used to that, you know, got to climb the ladder, right? It's the, I'm a, you know, I'm an LT, I'm a, you know, I got to go be a platoon leader, I get X, Y, and Z, right? And you just get so used to that. So you get to the structure and then young Kathy's like, screw that. I'm going to go do this thing. We're going to go have a lot of fun. We're going to work out a lot. We're going to blow some stuff up. I'm going to learn how to dive. Um, and then if I'm not excited about that, we're going to go on to the next thing. And so that takes us into being a stunt double, which when you told me this, I was like, I need to get this out there to the world. I've told like five people about you and they're like, that's freaking awesome. Um, and so, you know, you mentioned a, a few, right? Like sales being one of those other opportunities you could go down and you see sales stunt double. And so again, you mentioned this idea of like stunt doubling seemed very exciting and awesome. So let's go, you know, in, in, in that world, I, I guess of those options, what was so exciting about the stunt double world? Because I feel like hearing you talk about it, it seemed as though that was the one that you were potentially most unsure of a future down the road. And so like, it seems like that's kind of what you went after. So I'm, I'm really interested into, you know, what really ultimately drove that decision. I would say the shortest answer to that is when I was in, when I was deployed, my last deployment, uh, there was a SEAL officer there who I had no, actually known at the academy. We were company mates. He was a year or two ahead of me. Um, and he was casually mentioning, because sometimes the SEALs from San Diego got pulled up into the Hollywood world. And so he'd met a lot of folks and he, he knew Zack Snyder and a couple of the other folks. I like had worked with them. Um and so I knew that, like I knew that in the back of the head, in my, at the back of my head, I'm like, okay, I have that contact that I can at least have a conversation with. I just, ironically did not have the same contact in the marketing or sales world, at least that I knew off, off the top of my head. Right. Not that yeah. any of those stories stuck with me. Right. Yeah. Um, so when I saw that in a book, number one, I was like, you know what? I've been falling down my whole life. I should get paid <laughs> to do that. Uh, number two, diving is not the easiest skill on the planet. And at dive school, they teach you how to handle some serious stress while you're underneath the water, which paddy divers, you're not, you're not, they're not touching you and ripping off your air supply and making you figure it out while you're down there. So I thought, I thought that would be like a really valuable sort of asset. Um, So I reached out to my friend. He connected me. I actually got to go meet Keanu Reeves as a stunt level for the matrix. And then the coolest, woman I have ever met in my life is a stunt double called Heidi Moneymaker. Um, and she just 
took 20 minutes. Just explain to me, like, this is how this industry works. It's all you know. It's all about hustle. It's really, really hard. I don't recommend you go into it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I love it when people tell me things are really, really hard and that I shouldn't do it. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I mean, she painted a really realistic picture for me, and it sounded so amazing. And she, it was – I just had to after that, right? Um and I'm so glad that I did. I think for someone like me who was just used to being like super intense, like do all these crazy things, like I needed a transition in my career where I just was like forced to figure it out. Like the military gives you a plan. The civilian world does not. And every time I hear someone who's like, well, I need to move up. I need to do these things. I'm like, oh, you can do that any way you want. There is no rule. Like look at today's tech environment, right? Like. Yeah. I've heard of people getting better job, better promotions because they've like jungle gym their way through different companies. Then, and I've heard tons of horror stories about people who are like, well, I stayed for three years or five years and I haven't been promoted or given a substantial raise that whole time. And so like my, my moral of all that is do what works, do what works best for you. Because now with all the layoffs and stuff, I'm getting contacted by a lot of old friends who are got caught in crosshairs. And they're not ready to do anything about it. Um, and so I would say always be ready to for that horrible day when something had to, goes the wrong way. And like all of that comes down to networking. Like you need to know people. So when shit hits the fan, you know you have somebody to call. That's one of the most important things I think that you stress on your LinkedIn profile. And at this point in the episode, if you're still with us, stop what you're doing. And if what you're doing doesn't rhyme with looking up Kathy Borkowski's LinkedIn, then you you need to stop whatever that is. You need to do this. You need to go to her LinkedIn. And Kathy is posting absolute gold when it comes to getting your LinkedIn profile, uh, you know, recruiter search job position ready, right? Making you extremely marketable on LinkedIn. Just do yourself a favor you can, you don't even have to thank me. Just thank, go to Kathy's profile, thank her for the awesomeness she's doing. You know, now back to reg, regular scheduled, uh, you know, programming here. You know, I, I think what's so interesting in all, like just what we're continuing to talk about is this idea of you can never be too prepared for the next step, right? And I, I love just your, the, out of the two, you know, EOD and out of being a stunt double, the, the recurring theme here is just put everything that you have, right? I, I guess the mantra is like, be where your feet are, right? Just put everything that you have into what you're doing. Be a sponge. Don't turn away any advice. I, I think the, the, the greatest advice that I ever had when I was starting my transition was never go to lunch alone. Do your best to never go to lunch alone. Always try and meet with somebody. And if there's somebody at the restaurant sitting by themselves, go introduce yourself to them and try and have lunch with them. They might be like, go away. This is weird, right? Like, I don't know, whatever. Anyways, you can never be too prepared, but you also need to be prepared at the same time. And I think, and I, and I love, you know, this idea of you learned over and over again, and you really can only learn it 
from, you know, quote unquote failure. And I don't like to call it failure because if you learn from it, then you didn't actually fail. But this idea of like having a go bag, right? You know, if you think about it, especially being EOD, I know you probably had some of those rapid deployments where it's like, hey, you grab your go bag. Like we're, we're out in 48 hours. Like, let's go, you know, and in that go bag. And, you know, for all of you out there who don't have never really had to experience that life, I personally never experienced it. I'm just familiar with it. I got a lot of friends in the soft community that talk about it. And it's like your essential toolkit to survival for at least 72 hours. And so, you know, obviously the go bag looks a little bit different, but before we dive into kind of the rest of your career, you know, and, and really, cause we're getting to that point where you had to really be like, okay, this is what strategic networking looks like. But up to this point, you know, and, and even maybe what does that look like today? You know, describe kind of an essential go bag in your situation, right? Because you have those people that are reaching out to you who aren't ready to, you know, they weren't ready for that job layoff. And it's like, oh, I don't even have a go bag ready, right? And so I think for those people that are coming through and are even out there listening to this podcast, like what, 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 what you know, you, again, having a lot of knowledge, what does that essential go bag look like in your eyes? So before I joined tech and layoffs just started becoming super fun and popular, I used to think that it's fine. Like once you have a job, you have a job, you're good. Just sit and coast and it'll be, it'll, things will work out. Right. Um, but what I saw happening around me is people being caught on their heels. Mm. Um, and I like to give two analogies here. If you've ever played sports. So having played rugby, this applies to surfing. This applies to like everything. If yep. you're standing there and you take <laughs> a 150 pound human being into your chest, like that sucks. But if I'm going forward just as hard, oh, oh, it, it, it could be anyone's game that day. And it doesn't hurt as much. Like, you're just ready. Um, the other one is a car. I had my first car was this old 1984 Volkswagen Jetta that we literally salvaged from the dump. Let's go. Um, but it had no power steering. So if you were stopped, <laughs> you're not turning that car. <laughs> No. Well, like, and I mean, I, what was I in high school? I was like 115 pounds dripping wet, like trying to turn this thing. It wasn't happening. Um, you have to be going, you have to have momentum. And then suddenly I can turn the steering wheel with just my finger. And now I've applied that to my career, but the craziest part about all this. So what I'm about to go over on, like, this is what, this is what I do now is that it does. It's not just future proofing me. It's not making sure if I'm ever caught in layoffs, I will have a job in a month. I will have a plan. I will have something because I have a huge network of really awesome people that I've been helping this whole time. Mm -hmm. But it's also helped my current job, right? Like I'm talking to other people in my industry. I'm, what are the problems you're facing? What are the challenges that you're having? Like it is insanely helpful for my today because my ideas are awesome. Just ask me. Um, but other people have really great ideas too. And I want that to be fed into like my idea bank which I can only get to your point by making sure I'm always having lunch with somebody else. Mm. So what does my go bag look like for career life these days? Um, it looks like I'm doing at least two networking calls every, uh, every month, minimum of two, um, at least one I want in my industry in the product side. I'm at CrossFit. I love fitness and health tech and all of that kind of stuff and imagining new ways to get people to work out because of their phone, that thing that's with them all the time. Um, mm. Side note, I genuinely believe that 
fitness apps are like the one great thing we did with these phones because if those are sticky, they make you work out more versus like if Instagram is sticky, my life gets sucked out and I mm-hmm. lose hours and hours of my life. And I'm like, where did that go? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I love talking to folks about that and getting ideas around there. And it's really helped me solve problems that I'm facing in my current role. But I also know that if the worst happens, layoffs happen, like I'm ready for the next thing. Um, I also know that I had a friend at Facebook. He used to say this. He said, uh, ABI, Kathy, ABI. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, always be interviewing. And I was like, you're interviewing all the time. He's like, yeah. Number one, I get really good at telling my story. Mm. Number two, um, if I can tell my story really well, then when promotions come up, I'm telling that story for me to go to the next level. And then you truly never know. So this is why I went to the head. uh, I became a head of product at a startup, an amazing startup, because a random friend who I'd done through, I met through some other completely different thing. I was like, hey, they're hiring for this. I think you'd be a great fit. So you never know when literally the most amazing opportunity of your life is going to fall into your lap. But if you didn't have lunch with those people, if you didn't make those friends, if you didn't stay in touch, that opportunity will never fall into your lap. I love it. Always be interviewing. I think that's an amazing piece. I think a lot of people get scared by that. It's this, oh, I have to tell my story again. It goes, no, it's it's a rep. It's a, it's a set, if you will. Um, I love that piece of advice. I think, you know, even even as a business owner, I, I you know, I'm going to go ahead and apply that to, to my life. Right. You know, and it, it, it kind of going back to the true nature of the, the networking call, it's like, and you saying about good ideas, I honestly never even thought about that. Like ABI, like, I don't, you know, athletic something, something, you know, no, no, always be, always be interviewing. And, uh, that's like amazing. ABN these days, always be networking Love because it. it's not only people that are hiring that are really good contacts to have. Right. Like we started chatting, neither one of us is hiring. Um, yep. I talk to people all the time that are trying to break into tech or the, like dual use companies. That's a phrase I don't think enough people in the military know about. There are startups out there that are selling both to the government and to the civilian world. And they need people that know how to navigate the government while being mm-hmm. flexible and scrappy and can live in this startup environment. Yep. Uh, and I would argue junior officers are the prime candidates for those types of things. Yep. Um, but they, my friends that come and contact me, they don't know what those things are. So I tell them and then I introduce them to a couple of key people and off they go. And then I find out six months later through their LinkedIn update that they got a job from someone that they talked to like three people after that. And it's That's awesome. awesome. Like you can give back so much more just by giving a little bit of like your experience. That's, that's so, so amazing. As an aside, uh, we did, we have a, a community group that, you know, that my wife and I lead and uh we did like a white elephant christmas gift and we're uh we we love game night like we we will come together we use a chai once a night come together have game night whether it's a board game we'll get like mario party on the tv some nights you never know what it holds but one of one of the gifts was a game that kind of goes back to the high school accolades and the game is called uh most likely to um and because i'm always on linkedin and because i'm always networking I unfortunately was tokened the most likely to network at a funeral card. And, you know, I wore that as a badge of honor. You know, it's like, yeah, you know what? I would do that. Be like, pay my respects to so-and-so, but 
hey, by the way, you know, let's meet for lunch after this, you know, like, let's go, let's go network. Oh, I love that. ABN, always be networking. I think that's the greatest, that is one of the greatest pieces of advice that anybody could get. And, you know, and I've reiterated this over and over again, don't necessarily be networking to get a job too. Like it's okay to network to just get contacts, right? If you think about going to this idea of being sticky, when you're growing your network, what are you doing? You're creating a web, right? The wider your web is, the more network you have, the more the more likely you are to catch a job, insect, whatever, you know, uh, to, to complete the metaphor. But I think it's one of those things that it, it, that's so true. You, you know, you just just grow it. You get more sticky. You create a web that catches more. Um, I absolutely love that. I think that's a great piece of advice. And, you know, so that's a great that's a great go bag. Um, well, I would just compare I would compare 2020 now for. Don't even 2024 cap <laughs> with 2016 Kathy, right? And what I would say is 2016 Kathy started flat footed and was like, How do I get into this Facebook thing? It seems really cool. Ah. 2024 Kathy, I have talked to probably 150 people over the last two or three years that we had great chats. I kept notes on every single one of them. So, like, if something were to happen, you can guarantee I'd be sending 150 personalized LinkedIn messages that say, Hey, remember that thing we chatted? Um, this happened to me. Uh, do you have, and then I would know exactly how to ask for specifically what I needed help with. I'm looking for people in this particular role with this particular thing. Can you connect me? And I guarantee I would have like three or 400 people to talk to in like a day or two. Like that's the difference between having a go bag and just like sitting still basically. That's, that's so true. That's so true. So, so diving in, into into Facebook, and I think this is kind of one of those things where, you know, talking about networking and strategic networking. I think you know, obviously, and at, let, let's go back to 2016, right? Let's go back to to flat footed Kathy, and you know, looking to take on this beast that is getting a job at Facebook, right? And I think a lot of my peers who were get, when we were getting out of the military, right? It was like, let's go work at Facebook. Let's go work at uh, Google, let's go work at Tesla, right? These crazy companies, right? Huge organizations, very intimidating, right? Where do I enter? Who do I talk to? You know, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people in these organizations. And so let, let's go back to 2016, Kathy, and just kind of let's like unpack how that developed. I know you, you shared some of it, but maybe kind of dive a little bit more into kind of the strategic side of, hey, this is what I did. This is maybe what I should have done, right? It can kind of compare those two versions. So going into like looking at, I was in Silicon Valley. It's where we lived. I could have gone to any tech company, but living one mile from Facebook campus, I was like, no, 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 not (laughs) any tech company, not Google, which is 20 minutes down the street. I want Facebook. I want, I want to be able to ride my bike to that campus and eat its snacks. Um, And so looking on LinkedIn, First of all, vets are amazing. You just put military or army, navy, whatever the search term is, and Facebook, and you can do that in the company search. Oh, by the way, if you're a veteran and you have not gotten LinkedIn premium for free for a year, go do that. Your search ability, search, the, the yeah. features mm-hmm. available to you on search are way better if you're if you're a premium member. Um, and I and that will help you target just exactly the right people. The thing I would do differently about how, so I just reached out to people. I would be more personal in how I did it. Mm. Um, and I had kind of, I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know what they wanted. Mm. Um, 
And I will tell you, as someone who gets reached out to a lot, I want to help veterans and things like that. But what I don't want is to listen to you drone on about your history and your background and all that kind of stuff. So come with questions, come with an agenda that's going to move you forward rather than a chit chat. Hmm. Um, And that's part of, I just, ironically did a post today specifically on like my framework for like, how are you positioning yourself in these chats, in these conversations? And this is what I would have done better. Um, So I've really distilled it down to like three major things that if you nail in your personal elevator pitch, the conversation that you're going to have is going to be better. Mm. Um, The first one is interesting. Like don't give your full history. Nobody Mm. wants to know all of that stuff. Um, and for me, so like the stunt that we thought was really interesting. And we talked a lot about that, but when I'm going into conversations with where I want to become a product leader at a company, I don't even mention that stuff. Like, did it give me valuable skills? Yes. However, it's not driving the conversation that I want to have. So curate your experience so that it's driving the conversation you want to have Mm. Add in metrics and accomplishments. So I could tell you, Hey, I'm awesome. Or I could tell you. While I was at Facebook, I led development and redesign for uh, one of their side websites that got 20 million visitors per month, including integrating an AIML recommendation engine, which, by the way, happened to make Facebook 150 extra million dollars that year because we were able to unblock stuff for advertisers. Wow. Okay, that's that's genuinely relevant if you're (laughs) interviewing for an AIML role or you want to talk about, like, well, what's the scale of things that you've worked on? Like, I've made myself relevant because of that one specific experience. So that's interesting. Be interesting. Nobody wants to talk to a boring person. Um, it's not for long. The second one is relevant. So when we're talking, I'll mention my military experience, but even with uh, an army person, someone that's not specifically been in Navy EOD, I, I put it down to a level where anybody can understand what I'm talking about. Mm. I've talked to military folks, especially like the Air Force. Oh my gosh, they got some crazy titles over there. And I'm like, you told me what you do and I don't know. So like make yourself relevant to everyone and don't assume that they have any context on your background Mm. and then make yourself relevant to the situation at hand. If you're at a networking conferencing thing, make sure you're tying that in. This is why we're here. Ask questions, that kind of stuff. Um, And then the final thing on your like one to three minute elevator pitch, it's really focused. Right. And that is when I am job hunting, I'm like, hey, I'm looking for my next role. This is what it is. Great. What I do now is I'm looking for people to really just, I want to hear what you do. I want to hear what problems you're facing and solving specifically in like fit tech or like whoever I'm talking to. Um, And then they start telling me the challenges they're facing instead of some other topic that I didn't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, So those three, it's interesting, uh, relevant and focused. And you can have a really cool conversation after that. That's, I yeah, I mean, gosh, that I love it. I think all too often, really, your point about being relevant, I think, is where a lot of people uh, fail. Um, and then I think, you know, being relevant and focused. I mean, they're kind of tied one and two. And what what's interesting is is as being an entrepreneur, you know, being lack of focus in the market share that you're going after can like make or break the company because you know you the the goal is to have a competitive advantage or sell something or or solve a problem that somebody else isn't solving and if and if you and if you're not focused enough 
and you start to worry about, you know, oh, well, what if, you know, what if I'm too focused, then you, you really hurt yourself because you're not at that point, you're not really solving the problem you set out to solve. And so as an entrepreneur, that's something that I find myself, you know, sometimes you just, you see the shiny object and you got to go, you got to go chase it. You got to go, you got to go after it. And it grabs your attention in a way that you don't want it to. But I, I, I really appreciate that. I think I love that, you know, and to, and to all the listeners out there, I want to remind you that that you that mindset that thinking has developed what over eight years right 2016 to 2024 and i think a lot of people a lot of service members they they want to come out of the gates swinging and to kathy's just kind of to to go going all the way back you, you got to come out you you know i guess the, the really kind of the way to sum it up is be where your feet are and and hold the hold the dummy back right? Get the reps, get the experience and learn and use each opportunity as a learning experience and think to yourself and kind of put your sales hat on of, okay, I just pitched myself, right? You got to sell yourself. And I obviously didn't get a sale because I didn't get a job, right? What did I learn from that? How do I change my pitch? How do I become more relevant? How do I become more focused? Um, Man, I just think that's absolutely amazing advice. And I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, What I would say, Dan, is also your your story when we chatted before. um, The thing I took away, and I think you're very intentional about it, is that you are helping companies figure out how in the heck to get this free, amazing, hardworking labor that through the SkillBridge program, right? Um, And because you gave me that takeaway, first of all, I recognize it as a massive problem, especially in the startup world where like, they love interns. They hate paying them. In mm-hmm. the military, people coming out want to be product managers and they want to get into tech. So you have two sides that are divided by this massive void. So what I know for sure is as I meet people and they're like, wait, how do I get more of you? I'm like, oh, his name is Dan. Um, here's the, I'll connect you on LinkedIn. Like I know your takeaway so that I don't just remember you right now. I don't think you're really cool. I don't make referrals just right now. I will also make referrals into the future because someone's going to say something that's going to trigger that little thing and then away you go. So that's the other thing I try with any network that I do. Make sure that that one key takeaway about me sticks with that person. I, I, A, I really appreciate the words of affirmation. Again, it's just, it's always humbling to sit in front of people like yourself who have accomplished so much and to hear, you know, get receive those words of affirmation. I really appreciate it. Um, that means a lot. And, you know, in, in going to that point, it's, it's interesting, you know, as you know, in Kathy, I know you've talked about kind of the entrepreneurial lifestyle and maybe what, what that holds down the road for you. But my favorite question I get when I talk to people, you know, who, who are other entrepreneurs or other business savants, right? And, and you're looking for either mentorship or, or something like that. They, my favorite question is, so how do you make money, right? They just they cut right to the chase. It's no BS. How do you make money? And you're like, well, crap. I have to. <laughs> how do I make money, right? Because think about it. If not, it's just a glorified hobby. If you're not making any money, and so you know, I to your point, because I've talked to so many people and I've sold it. And they've been gracious enough to say, hey, that's boring, right? This is what you should say, right? You know, they're like, no, 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 no. Like this set of five words, this one sentence is all you need to say. That's it. And then, you know, and and I would have never gotten to that point 
had I not had those conversations and been bold enough to be like, you know what, I'm going to go shoot, shoot my shot here. And right. The worst thing anybody can say is no, or I'm not interested or like, Hey, I'm busy. Right. Guess what? There's hundreds of millions of people in the world and you're going to eventually connect with somebody. And the more you practice and the more you learn and the more you refine that, you know, you get to that point where I can tell Kathy like, Hey, I'm solving a problem that a lot of people have. They want access to, and to all you folks out there going to the skill bridge, I don't see you guys as free labor, but they want access to highly skilled candidates who are extremely adaptable, who they are able to take a chance on because they don't have to pay you, right? And I have a one pager. If this is what blows my mind, and I tell I send this to, to CEOs of companies all the time, especially in the tech startup world. Think about in the tech startup world, they need money for R and D, right? They, they they you have to constantly be iterating. We got to try this thing. We got to try that thing, right? And so they don't have money to be wasting on talent management, talent acquisition, recruiting. And so I literally wrote, I, I did the numbers, and if a company should choose to work with me, right? So there, there's a fee there. And let's and I just do an average average labor cost of four thousand dollars a month. If they go and hire ten people to conduct a six month skill bridge, a company can save over five hundred thousand dollars. That's five hundred thousand dollars that they can then turn around and put back into R and D. And oh, by the way, you're going to get extremely talented individuals in the form of whatever in the army who are interested in that field who are going to want to learn, excel, and earn a spot on the team. So they're going to, it's like, then you take the profit from them not having to pay them and that the profit that they're going to produce. And it's like, you could potentially earn what, 2x, maybe, you know, $1.5 million off of hiring a SkillBridge candidate. So sorry, I get a little, I get a little excited. You know, as you can tell, I get, you know, I run out of breath there, get a little excited, heart rate gets going. But uh it's crazy. And, but Kathy, I really appreciate the, the words of affirmation there and the work that you're doing out there on this front. I just, you know, we, we obviously are like-minded and we understand what the veteran can bring to an organization. And I, and I love it. The startup world, I think, you know, and, 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 and maybe, maybe you can add some, some speak into this, right? Because I've talked to veterans or active duty service members and say, Hey, what, what do you want to go do? And they're like, well, I want to go work for a large organization. I said, why? Well, job security. I said, have you not paid attention to the news in 2023? You are you are no more likely to retain a job at a startup than you are to retain a job at Google. And like, no offense to Google, but like, nature of the beast, right? And so, I, I, I you know, you kind of, you kind of smirked, you, you laughed, shaking your head. I, I'd love to get some feedback on that because I feel like you know people hear me say it enough. So to have a uh, another expert out there, uh, not saying I'm an expert, but to have an expert out there who has been through this and, and has been to all these organizations, I feel like they potentially could listen to you a lot better than they do me. Oh, I see it. I see it all the time. Um, because people, my networking stuff works. I put it out on LinkedIn because I just want to help people that are coming behind me. Um, and again, you don't want to be caught flat-footed on these things, right? But the thing I will say about large, like big companies versus small companies is you don't know which one you're a better fit for. You don't know what the best thing is until you talk to people. So again, networking is going to help you figure that out. Um, and I do want to say there's a couple different levels of people to network with. The, mm. the first one, if you're getting out, talk to your buddies. Even if you, that asshole chief that you worked for, <laughs> when you know he's working somewhere, you kind of want to talk to him anyway. 
He will yeah. forget that like the bad stuff happened and just be like, oh, I can, I want to help you. We have a similar background, right? So those are easy to talk to. And then after that, you start tackling people that are more similar to you in background. And then finally, like the big scary ones who aren't really related to you, mm-hmm. except for some sort of similarity in the background. Um, but I will also say, if you can get a big company on your resume, so I had this choice. When I was networking my face off to get into Facebook, I had a choice between Facebook and a startup and also a government contracting. I always end up with like three or four at the same time, <laughs> just to make sure no decision is easy for Kathy. Um, but the reason I picked Facebook is because I wanted it on my resume to catapult me to the next thing, but it's that catapult to the next thing that is really, really important because you can't assume that any big company is going to keep you anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a, if anyone that's taken an accounting class, which tragically I did recently and I will never do again, um, (laughs) first in, first out, or excuse me, last in, first out, you're the last one in, you're the easiest one to cut you you are at risk probably for the first six months to a year, unless you're in some sort of critical role and you can't know that you don't have the network inside the company to know you're even at risk. So just be ready to use it as a springboard to the next thing. And once you kind of see big companies and startups, they're so different. It's like they live on different planets. Um, and being able to navigate that through your network and understand what that really means and what culture is and like all of that kind of stuff. Like that's the superpower of veterans that like nobody even really realizes. That's it. That's, and the snacks are a lot different at the startup than they are the large organization. <laughs> oh, I, I, that's, that's so true. I think, and I, I think what happens is being in the military, we get so used to rallying around the guide on, right? The sense of company unit pride. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like I am, I will not leave a brother behind. I'm, I will do it till, till, you know, the sun doesn't shine and whatever. And in that becomes ingrained. And I think there becomes this, I owe the company X because they hired me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that mentality, but you also have to remember that it's there. The the only difference is, is that you can get fired a lot easier in the civilian world. Honestly, it's, it's, it's kind of really the only difference. I mean, it's the same thing. You're working for an organization that needs you to do a specific job to advance the larger organizational goals. And, you know, right. It's like, Hey, we have to go seize this objective and, you know, we need going back to me being a sapper, right? Like we need the sapper to come in and do all this planning and all this prep work and all this stuff. Your job to blow up this obstacle. Once you blow up the obstacle, well, we don't need you anymore. And we need more money to do this other part of the, op, op, you know, objective. So see you later, dude. Head back to the camp or, you know, here's your here's your MRE and uh, good luck on the next mission, you know. And I think. Having that mentality, I think it's really important to to have that mentality of understanding that it's okay to look at a job opportunity as a stepping stone, right? Of now, when you're there, right? Kind of a lot of things we covered. Be where your feet are, excel 100%, learn as much as you can, but also understand, like, hey, like it's you know, like I, I love to say, like needs of the army, needs of the company, right? If they don't need you anymore, they don't need you anymore, and that. That is the case, no matter where you go, no matter how large the organization is, right? They, 
the CEO had a strategy. He thought that we needed this team to do it. Oh, you know, maybe Kathy's team actually figured out how to do it. So we no longer need that. Like, Hey, sorry, we thought this is what we needed to do, but it's not. And we're off to the races, right? See you later. Good luck at the next gig. So I, I think that's amazing advice to just always treat each job as a stepping stone. And when you're choosing, right? So when you're choosing on those jobs, think about, okay, what is going to get me to that that higher level? And and don't be afraid to look at it that way. Um, now, you got to go out and sell yourself and market yourself and, and become a, a, an expert in your craft. But that's a, that's a different episode for a different day. Um, Kathy, this episode has been absolutely amazing. There has been so much knowledge drop on this episode. I hope that people really find the value in this conversation. I have ex- I have found exponential value as I seek to just go out and, and grow five and fly and expand my network and uh, talk to more people and help more veterans. Um, one thing that I really kind of really like to close out these episodes with is really one of two questions. Um, and we, we didn't hit on it. So I'm going to go with the other one is when you're going to the military, I like to ask, what was your why for getting out of the, the military? Um, and, and I ask that because there's a lot of, there are a lot of reasons. There are a lot of different reasons to get out of the military. No reason is right or wrong. The reason why I ask that is because there are folks out there right now who are sitting, you know, as I like to say, we'll, we'll kind of use a Navy reference. And, and I would, I would have never being in a submarine thousands of feet under the surface of the sea level, you know, of the, of the surface of the water is, I, it's kind of giving me the heebie jeebies right now thinking about it. But there's somebody down there sitting in a submarine, you know, in close quarters thinking, what the heck am I doing with my life right now? Right. And, uh, and, and, and right. And so, but, but sometimes getting out of the military isn't always the right reason because they don't have the right why for doing that. And so, Kathy, the, the the question is, what what was your why for getting out of the military? Thousand different variants, <laughs> all humans, right? Um, yeah. I am not a person who likes my path written out for me in advance. I do not like to hit the wickets and the milestones. Like I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Um, of course, in the context of delivering a lot of value for the company that I'm currently doing it for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like to be constrained. I like to really get out there and like do really interesting, cool things. And I'm sure there's some people that have figured out how to do that in the military. But for me, that wasn't my path. It was definitely like get out there and figure it out. And I would say the civilian world has absolutely delivered on Kathy going out there to figure it out. <laughs> um, but that that very strict methodical path that I could have had in the military delivered a lot of people that have also gotten out and given me this foundation to build off of. that has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, so you can be someone who does not like to wear their hair in regulations and who likes to drop F-bombs because it's fun. You can do all of that because you have a good foundation to build upon and you can go try new things and do hard things with crazy companies that you never would have planned on if you'd have asked your 19 year old self. I love it. I love it. That's amazing. I think that's so true. I think, you know, looking out there again, to all listeners out there, there, there is no right reason to get out of the military. There is no, uh, there is no right or, or correct path to go on. So 
if you're sitting there and, you know, as, as Kathy was mentioning, right? Like if you're, if you're expanding your network and you're getting a lot of influence over, over one way or another, right? Like don't let that define your path because you're not that person, right? Daniel's not Kathy. Kathy's not Daniel. And our experiences are going to look extremely different, right? We may have the same fundamental skills or, or, or a, a like foundation, if you will, because of our military background, but totally different lifestyles, totally different interests, totally different things that we want to do. And so never, ever base your path on what else somebody's doing, right? Learn from them, right? They probably are going to do some of the things you'd like to do, but don't base it on that. And so I, I love that. I love that advice, right? It's just, uh, it's great. This, this episode was absolutely awesome. Um, Kathy, I, I really appreciate you coming on and I'm so thankful for this, this friendship, this relationship that we've established, uh, over a few calls here over a podcast episode. Uh, I, I would love to bump into you uh, in person in the future. Maybe we can get a lift in one of these days. Um, you know, love to do that. Uh, uh CrossFit's I, 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 my CrossFit run ended in 2018. Uh, I tried to, I, I tried to, yeah, I tried to be a CrossFitter and, uh, needless to say, muscle ups and ring muscle ups crushed me. I couldn't, I couldn't get them. Couldn't get them. I just so can't I, stay away. Like every time <laughs> someone's like, oh, you want to go do a race? I'm like, no, I'm going to go lift those heavyweights over there. Also, I don't want to think about what I'm doing. I'm like, can you tell me what to do? That would be I love great. It. I love it. I love it. But uh, for those people out in the audience, uh, Kathy, you are a uh, highly coveted individual on the LinkedIn front. Uh, but if somebody has, uh, they would love to reach out to you, just pick your brain. Uh, how, how should they go about doing that? Um, you know, just LinkedIn again, is the way. Them. I'm just love Kathy it. Borkowski at LinkedIn. Uh, jump on there, send me a DM, a connection, and I would love to help. Now, remember, guys, it's, it, we'll, we'll we will both know if you listen to the podcast episode, because if you don't follow her three steps, it's an instant deny. Just kidding. I don't think that's going to be the case, but uh, please uh, guys reach out to Kathy. She's a wealth of knowledge. Honestly, just go follow her on LinkedIn. She's, she posted this uh, chat GPT uh, where she taught chat TP how to write an amazing LinkedIn profile out of your resume. I was blown away by it. Uh, I, I'm going to go download it and play around with it uh, for another reason than to just, I, I came from an AI background too, AI ML background uh, before I started this company. I'm always fascinated by teaching uh, a machine how to do something. So awesome guys. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, and no matter where you are in your journey, no matter what you're struggling through, uh, Kathy and I are both evidence of no matter how it pans out, it'll buff out. We get where we need to go. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the it'll buff podcast i hope you enjoyed that conversation i really enjoy having them here's the thing if you like that episode please do a few things to help me out one go save this podcast put it in your library i'm going to be releasing one episode a week every week here on forward the next thing is go to the five and and take the survey It'd be really helpful for you to take this survey to help paint a picture of where each member that is separating from the military that's interested in this community is at. There's all kinds of questions, things that I've covered from previous episodes, so please go take this survey. Third, please go schedule one-on-one -on, -one on the website. I'd love to talk to you 
and hear where you're at in your transition journey and help at least put you on the right azimuth and potentially work with you for the, for the future to come. Lastly, if you or somebody you know has a separation story that you would like this community to hear, please reach out to me so we can schedule that story and I'd love to have you on the podcast. Again, this is a community by you guys for the people that are coming behind us. The goal is to make each person that comes behind us as they separate from the army have a more successful path than we did. That's the goal. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed and remember, it'll buff.